Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. We bring you the very best recorded panels, workshops, and seminars concerning role-playing game design and publishing. This has been made possible by the generous contributions of the panel speakers and Double Exposure with their leading game design convention, Metatopia. Episode 101, Promoting Your Game Through Podcasting and Other Media. Recorded at Metatopia 2015. Presented by Chris Perrin, Tara Clapper, Chris Bell, and Mario Dongu. To promoting uh, promoting your tabletop and RPG product through podcasting. My name is Chris Bell. I am a I'm the I'm a business development coordinator and content writer for Didit, which is a digital marketing agency in Mineola, Long Island. I've also been an RPG gamer uh, for uh, 30 plus years. I started with the Poems Blue Box edition of Dungeons and Dragons and. Uh, now, currently, was it I game? What was it? I both do OSR and story gaming. Uh, I'm was it? I'm philosophy agnostic. Uh, if you want to follow me, I can. You can follow me as Enthused Grog on Twitter. I am in my role here. I am the RPG editor of the Geek Initiative. www.geekinitiative.com. Uh, Tara, why don't you introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Tara Clapper, and I am the senior editor of geekinitiative.com. We're a website celebrating women in geek culture. And uh, I am also the blog editor at SEM Rush for a digital marketing tool for competitive intelligence. So I do a lot of editing and also a lot of writing. I also run the Geek Initiative's podcast and SEM Rush's podcast. Uh, and it's cool because digital marketing and geek culture actually combine a lot, and it's really awesome to be able to, to help other geeks succeed. As far as gaming, I do tabletop. I'm probably more of an occasional tabletop gamer, but I'm Although pretty hardcore. Yeah, I'm pretty, well, I'm pretty hardcore about LARPing. Uh, I'm usually Very. LARPing uh, one or two weekends a, mo- weekends a month and spend a lot of time in prep for that. I LARP at 7th Kingdom IGE in South Jersey. Uh, I'm Chris Perrin. Um, professionally, uh, I do software development um, for sales people, so I guess I know a little something kind of about what they know about. But um, primarily, when it comes to geek stuff, um, we're talking about when we started. I started playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back in the day. Palladium. Palladium. Yeah. Robotech. Boy, that's and other strangeness. And other strangeness, not just Teenage Mutant Yeah, you know, later. Yeah. Um, let's see. And so. Um, for my other things, I uh, used to be uh, one of the hosts of uh, Can Puncture, uh, which was a podcast way back in the day, uh, and currently I'm podcasting for This Just In from, in this case, just, This Just In from Metatopia. So, uh, that's good with me. Uh, my name is Mara Jangu. Uh, I guess uh, sales is currently what I do. Uh, I am a host of This, this Just In from, which formerly was a start. This just in from Gen Con, if you're familiar with that. Uh, I've done several other podcasts many moons ago. The early days. Name drop again. So I was uh, I was on and produced uh, Ecore Radio, and it was also uh, produced and was host of the Game Master Show, and then guest appearances, uh, a smattering of other podcasts. And uh, as it associates to podcasting, I am active as well. So. Okay. Now, the way I've, I've also, um, uh, in my nerdy, geeky experience, I also ran the anime program at Lunacon uh, for four years, and I've moderated a number of panels. Now, I'm not trying to claim any sort of authority with my colleagues here. Thank you, um, But the way I, um, the way I usually... I thought you got the platform. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, two shots got it, was sir. it? 20 paces at dawn, you know? Uh, but um, one of the, the way I usually like to run panels is uh, instead of like four talking heads going blah blah blah, uh, I usually like for them to be a little bit more interactive. So I'd like to ask a question, a couple questions to the audience. First, how many of you are actually um, con- was it are owner creators or 
actually work as freelancers or are people who are actually wanting to use uh, podcasting in, in specific, but digital marketing, uh, digital marketing in general to promote yours or your company's RPG or tabletop gaming products. So basically, two thirds of the room. That's great. Um, no, that that's absolutely fantastic. How many people here are actually live tweeting right now? Well, in this room, not yes. right now, but today, yes. Let's get that average. <laughs> okay, well, I've been using, I've been live tweeting today. Um, that, that's something yes. I love to do at panels. Um, I've been live tweeting off the hashtag, uh, hashtag Metatopia. Um, so if you want to see some examples of what I do, you can go, um, you can go ahead and look at the Twitter IDs. Um, you know, at was it at roll for was it roll for geek Initiative? Yep, roll for geek in it. Yeah, that's that's the uh, TGI um, that's the TGI Twitter, uh, and uh, mine my, my personal one is at enthused grog. Huh? At enthused grog. See, you're hip with it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. See, she's live tweeting. Um, so, uh, what I'd like to go ahead and, and start with is that we have a present for you because I am a HubSpot inbound market a certified inbound marketer. Uh, which the new approach to marketing that's happened in the past 20 years, or actually actually in the past 10 years, is that one thing that marketers were discovering is uh, the concept of ad blindness. Now, you guys, when you go ahead and watch, you watch TV, you like you skip over the ads, things like TiVo, right? You hate you hate interruptive advertising. You hate being hammered like hammered by ads. I think if I can just go ahead and get this message into them hard enough, and I can, and if I'm if I'm the advertiser, I can force a sale. That doesn't work. That doesn't work on us anymore because we will not be dictated to, we the consumers. The internet has changed everything. And podcasts have changed everything. I would submit to you, the audience, especially if you are content creators and professional game designers, that you are in content marketing. You are in a content business. So I'd like to go ahead and share a, um, a resource that we've prepared for you. Um, please, if you have your phones out or you have a pen and pencil out, I'd like to share something with you. Let me know when you're ready. HTTP. Back to, uh, colon backslash backslash um, uh, bit.ly slash tgi yes she's, she's my memory <laughs> yeah bit.ly bit.ly slash t, uh, tgi digital marketing that will go ahead and direct you to a pdf document that contains a list of resources uh, that Tara and I have personally collated that we use in our day to day work uh, it's going to include a list of tools, a list of blogs, uh, a list of resources that will assist you in creating ebooks, in creating content, uh, uh, in uh, resource uh, blogs. Uh, was it blogs and uh, uh, lessons and tutorials in digital marketing? I'm not going to be going into things like SEO or AdWords or any of that like really heavy stuff here because that's not really what what this is all about. There's really too much. But uh, after the panel, I'll be passing out my business card. And so, well, Tara, we're here as a resource. We don't want to sell you anything. The whole idea behind inbound marketing is that what you do is that you provide 90% of good, useful content that's not trying to promote anything, and you earn your customer's trust. In regards to role-playing games, the way that would work is that, let's say, for example, you have a book. You've been, you might eventually want to go ahead and crowdfund it and such like this. What you would do is that you would provide excerpts like this character class, or this like you know like a, or this like set of options. You might want to go ahead and create like say blog articles around this. Your ultimate goal will be go, to go ahead and have people come to the landing page. Now, in regards to podcasts, what you want to do is that you want to eventually drive people to your podcasts uh, either on the um, uh, either on the um, Apple Store, well uh, on iTunes. Or drive them specifically to a landing page that'll have your uh, that'll have your podcast on it. We're going to talk about techniques that'll get people to that landing page. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to you. I got lost when you're in the middle of that address. Could you run through it? I'm sorry. I also have a tendency to talk too fast. If I'm too fast, please cut me off and say, "Can you please slow down?" That is HTTP backslash backslash bit dot ly slash TGI Digital Marketing. Not working for me. You forgot the colon. It's just going back slash backslash? Yeah, and bit.ly. Okay. TGI Digital Marketing. 
that they couldn't find the... It was in the Facebook message yesterday. Okay, do we have... Taylor, do me a favor. They can have it up. Share it. Why don't you go ahead and... um, PTI Digital Marketing All One Word. Is it like Thomas... Yeah, it should be... Thomas Gary... Yeah. Well, I'll let you find. Chris will find that. And yeah, Tara, um, if you could go ahead and please continue. Yeah, while he does that, um, I would like to add my perspective as a blog editor and podcast host because I think it's important for you guys to know what an editor or a podcast host looks for when someone approaches them and says, "Hey, I'd like to be on your show." And uh, here are a couple, you know, tips for that. Number one, I want to know what you're about. What you know, what your game's about. There's got to be some information out there, <laughs> some resource, because a lot of times they get approached by people who don't even have, you know, a website link. And if they're, especially in digital marketing, it's like I get approached by people and they're like, I'm an SEO expert. And I'm like, but I can't find you when I Google your name. That's terrible. Uh, so if you're saying, hey, I want to be on your podcast about RPG. I have the link right here if anybody wants to see my phone. Then, see you know, you need to have something kind of visible. I'll let Chris go ahead and give the link again here. So uh, definitely, you know, have something online, have something up. Number two, use LinkedIn. I'm connected with a lot of people in gaming, in the comic books industry, in geek culture. And you know what? Everyone at Marvel's on LinkedIn. So, you know, if you're an indie gamer, why aren't you on LinkedIn? That's where they're going to see you. That's where they're going to connect with you. So, you know... Connecting in geek culture is really important to have that. And it's also an online resume, so it's a great place for you to list everything. Uh, Any kind of video or um, existing podcast of the person speaking or presenting is also really useful. Or even just a list saying, like, hey, I was on this panel at this, you know, at such and such event um, is also useful. If you haven't done anything like that before and you'd like to, it's time to start. Um, I started doing panels and such at a really small local convention. And I said, hey, I have this website. You know, I see a need for this topic. I pitched it. I did the panel. I started super small. Do it. Get involved. Um, make sure your voice is heard because, uh, you know, that's kind of the idea. If, if your idea isn't out there, you need to create it. You've done that, you know, with your game. It's time to tell people about it. So those are the things I kind of look for as an editor, as a podcast host. You also can't go wrong by having a press kit with high-resolution images, because when people make podcasts and they interview you, they're going to create content, you know, they're going to create a blog post saying, hey, I interviewed this person. They're going to want, like, your art so that they can, you know, show that off. They're going to want easy access to your social so they can promote you. It's like, make it easy for me to promote you, and, um, you know, and that'll help a lot. That'll make me want to cover whatever you're sending me or whatever you're trying to sell. Everybody, you know the reason why they was having trouble with this, and it's a problem with Bitly. Make sure that TGI is uppercase, and make sure that the D and the M digital marketing is uppercase. Everything else is lowercase. I'm sorry. Please go on. Uh, that was mostly all I had to say. And once we do get to Q and A, um, I'd love to feel any questions about you know what a podcast host or an editor specifically is looking for. You know when they're being pitched. Um, the pitch itself. Uh, personally, I like emails. Some people pitch by Twitter even. Um, but I definitely want to know in that pitch email what you're trying to promote, who you are, what your experience is, and what message or theme you kind of have to say. You know, why do you fit in on my channel? Uh, sometimes people are like, hey, I want to be on your podcast, and they don't give you any information. There's no press release. Like, Google them, there's nothing. If you can just give that basic information... <coughs> You're already ahead of most of the other people pitching the podcast host or the blog editor. Yeah, so um, to riff off that a little bit, if someone approached you via LinkedIn, mm-hmm. would you consider that an email pitch? Or Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I, I personally love LinkedIn pitches. They're especially professional, and uh, it really kind of baffles me that a lot of people aren't on um, on LinkedIn. On what? what? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. LinkedIn.com. Yeah. It's a social network for business. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot C-O-M. If anyone here needs help with any of these platforms, I will be handing out, we'll be handing out business cards. We'll be happy to help you. Yeah. It's definitely probably the most important one because 
no matter who you're approaching, you know, even if your specific niche <coughs> has its own, you know, forum or website to connect people, like a lot of artists, for example, uh, you know, are in DeviantArt. That's great, but if I'm an editor of a website about geek culture in general, I yeah, I'm on DeviantArt, but I'm not on there every day because I'm not an artist. So yes. LinkedIn is going to be the best place to pitch me. Uh, so you need to go to your the person you're pitching on on their medium if possible. Another important thing about LinkedIn is that even though you might have um, field-specific websites like DeviantArt for Artists or, you know, um, let's say Quora or Reddit, like dealing with very specific subforums, LinkedIn has professional groups for, that deal with very specific, you know, that deal with, let's say, artists and editors. For example, there's a thriving video game community of video game developers uh, and recruiters who exist on, you know, who pitch projects that exist on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is absolutely a community which everybody should investigate, and that is also the reason why um, everybody here, I would recommend, fill out your LinkedIn profile and try to make it as nice-looking as possible. Make sure you have good spelling, punctuation, and and don't stress too much about it. Like... um, you know, you definitely want to have somebody help was have somebody help you out. But if you list honestly your experience on LinkedIn, you can't go wrong. And, and a share photo, include a photo. And another really cool thing about LinkedIn is it's free. Yes. And most people don't really need the business thing. Like no. I do, I'm a power user on LinkedIn. Same here. I don't pay for it. Uh, the cool thing about it is if you and I are both in a role playing game developer group and we're not friends and we don't have any mutual connections because we're still in the same group. You can email me directly. Yes. So if I'm a big shot at a you know publisher um, or a podcast host, and you want to get in touch with me, that's all you need. That's all like the action you need to get to me. So I don't know. I mean, these are all great, um, and I think technology is wonderful. But I don't think anything beats this. Here. No, absolutely. Oh, sure. well, that, the well, the, the thing is, is that they're not oppositional. They're they're conjunctional. They they multiply. They multiply it because what can happen is that, well, for example, Twitter. I love Twitter. Um, the, the the thing about Twitter is that Twitter and Facebook have enabled me. That's how we met. Um, uh, I was able um, uh, I was able to go ahead and you know Tara and I were able to go ahead and make connections on Facebook and Twitter that enabled us to meet people here for live face-to-face meetings so don't think about like oh well you know just like all this technology gets in the way no it enhances it it's like it, it's not a it's not a versus it is a times you know so these are all tools that you can go ahead and use that can multiply your effectiveness and they can seem intimidating, but there's also a lot of people out there who are willing to help because um, the whole idea behind now the current new marketing paradigms is that by cooperating with each other, we can help each other out. It's not people fighting against each other. It's people going ahead and mutually assisting each other. Yeah, and uh, to kind of my spin a little bit from those is that one of the things that I specialize in is getting those kind of things in person, live, at conventions. So... You have to be, to some extent, if you're trying to promote your game, you have to be willing to talk to people or have someone who does. Because I can tell you uh, for a fact, if you can't speak about your own game, it will be, like, podcasting will be very hard for you to use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it sounds, like, counterintuitive, right. but I'm being serious. And that's okay. Like, if you're not the talker, you know, yeah. find someone who does. You know that that can do your pitch, that can sell the game. Now, that that doesn't mean that uh, you shouldn't be involved as a designer or something like that. But like, I can I can tell you, like getting interviews, <coughs> there are interviews that will never see air because the interview is just honestly really not usable. Not because the game wasn't interesting, not because the person's a bad person. It just not great audio. And like as a, as a, a as a podcaster, we are a content provider as well. Yes. So we are creating something as well. And it's collaborative. So like if my name is on that just as much as like your name would be on it if I interviewed you. So my goal is to make us both look good. And if it's not there, it's not gonna go out. Like, Promotion so. potential is also part of that. Like if I go and look you up um, especially because I know about like LARP and comics a lot more than I know about tabletop. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go look this person up. Maybe like, I haven't heard of you before, even if you're a big deal. But I look you up when you have 10,000 Twitter followers, and I only have, like I think I have like three or 4,000. 
hey, that's a big opportunity for me yeah. because you're going to tweet out that article and make my site get more, my podcast get more listeners. Role-playing podcasts are big, and one of the things I'd like to ask you is, um, you know, talking about... Um, you know, talking about like demos and podcasts mm-hmm. and explanations of game mechanics and stuff yep. like this. You see, I used to be a DJ for Subspace Radio, uh, so I totally feel about you know going through and creating audio content using like Audacity and such like this, having high quality production values. Um, a, uh, a, a Twitter friend of mine was actually tweeted out today about how there's this assumption among some uh, some sectors in nerd fandom that like creating podcasts is easy. No, no, it's not. In order to have a really great podcast that actually involves like professional level skills. Now, I'll I'll defer to your experience because you're a professional creator here, um, and I also I understand that a lot of people are working on a budget. You know, yeah. this isn't, um, but. Um, but there is, but there are there are tools to make your podcast sound better and tutorials oh, yeah. and such like this. A figure that when I when at my agency we go ahead and and pitch business to clients, uh, you know we often get it's like well why can't I do this for free? Um, the point if you try to do it for free you'll get what you pay for. A figure that we often quote to um, you know small businesses that come to us is that you should be spending about between eight to twelve percent of your budget on marketing. Um, and it could be like content creation. It could be whatever you're, what you're content, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, hold on. So, with that figure, let, let's go over that. That would be blogging. I mean, yes, it could be potentially anything. Describe the, the universe of marketing. Okay, it could potentially be um, content creation, SEO, AdWords, um, uh, visual content creation, making infographics, making podcasts. Uh, you see, I can't. I don't know what what your needs are or what you're doing, so I can't say specifically what tactics will make sense for you. Um, but uh, the only thing that I can say is that if you're serious about running a business, you should have a plan. But there are tools out there that can enable you to go ahead and make a plan. And part of that plan is, for example, in the in case of content creation podcasts and such like this, there are professional. There are tools out there that are free tools okay. that you can go ahead and put in. But you're still going to have to put in the labor hours. Uh, you would, you'll have to make the hard decision of whether or not to hire somebody to do it who actually has the professional training or training yourself. You're still going to have to go ahead and, and do the equivalent of pain because you'll have to sink in hours into training yourself in order to uh, be good at it. Like Maisie Williams' character on The Last Doctor Who actually said it takes 10,000 hours to master a skill. I don't know whether or not it takes that long to master <laughs> yeah, that, Not from Gladwell. That comes yeah. straight from... Um, Out- Gladwell Outliers. Yeah, it's from Outliers. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. But, um, but, you know, a create, you know, the thing is, is that, like, I, I you know, the, the, it, it's in order to, you get what, you know, creative stuff has to be paid for. But, um, but the thing is that, but, you know, if you're serious about it, you know, you, you know, they're, they're, there, there should be something paid, but on the other hand, there are options for people who are working on budgets. And if you don't have money, but you do have time, and you're a strong creative, as I imagine you are if you created a game, um, you can also barter your skills. Yes. So I am really bad at like the technical end of managing my website. Okay, so I, I have some basic knowledge about WordPress, which is what the platform my site runs on, but I'm not a programmer. I have a friend who is. And so he's like, man, I need some blog content to bring people into my site. I need somebody to write about LARPing. And I'm like, this is great. I will write about LARPing. You can fix my Labor site. Labor trades. You know? so speaking to what you're talking really, about. It's really, really, yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. extremely important. Yeah. yeah, so you might find somebody who will say, well, listen, I need you know, I need some content written, or I need some game design, or I need this, or I need that, whatever you happen to be good at, in exchange for helping with... Um, uh, professional production of a podcast. Um, it, it's out there. There are alternatives to going ahead and paying cash. Yeah. The the way the way I like if I'm gonna like try to boil it down to a sentence or something, you know, like a quick and dirty explanation. Podcasting is very accessible. It's not easy. And meaning, it, it tying into that, like if you want, if you it's, it's like anything else that that is artistic and that you create. You know, it's going to require effort and commitment and time. Right? Now, there are ways to do it at, you know, very cost-effective ways. And there'll be barriers depending on, you know, the quality of your mic, which will be a huge thing. If you're going to spend some money on something, getting a good mic is probably, if not number one, damn near close. Um, but, you know, there are, there like, Audacity is, you know, a very, very solid uh, sound editing software that's free, so that it's very accessible. You know, there's there's hosting things that are designed for podcasts. 
you know, there's very easy web design things that you can, very minimal knowledge, put up a web page. You know, so it, there's the accessibility there. But to think that it won't require just as much work as any kind of artistic endeavor, <coughs> that, that's just incorrect. And, and like anything else, you will find there is stuff that you're really good at. And like this, the, the labor, this bartering system. So when I did the Game Master show, I partnered with, uh, who is, you know, a friend of mine, which helped the situation, uh, who was co-producer with me and on the show. And I'm a talker. That's what I'm good at. I, I you know, the, the, the networking and, you know, mingling with people. Dave, not as much. Great guy, just not as talkative. So, but very skilled with computer, very good at like setting up web pages and coding. So like, we found a, a, a system that worked for us. So like, I would talk to people, you know, prospective clients or interviewees and do a lot of the one-on-one -on -one recording and I would hand off the audio to him to like do the technical aspects. <coughs> and then when our group expanded, we had someone that did just sound editing and that was his job. And we developed a system that works. And you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna stumble. And that's, and that's part of, uh, there's gonna be a learning curve. This is part of where I get to the not easy. So, like, don't think you're going to hit home runs out of the gate right away if you're starting with a podcast. But it's also good to be on some. Like, you know, see about getting interviewed or, or like, maybe even guest spotting on things that gives you kind of an idea of the workings and how that goes. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit, bit about, and this is going to be exploratory towards me, uh, for me. Um, I'm not going to try to go ahead and present myself being an expert on this, but maybe members of the audience will also have insights, too. Um, in regards to um, RPG and uh, board game products and such like this, uh, pod, like podcast lights, which are things like uh, has anybody here done any experimentation with Periscope or Snap, uh, Periscope or Snapchat or any of the various like live stream or Twitch? Uh, yeah, we uh, we do a Twitch feed. Uh, wow, right. I, I would yeah. love to know more about that. Uh, for those of you who are not He's familiar, not here, unfortunately, yeah, but, uh, yeah, well, that that division of labor that we're talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know, uh, I have the podcasting experience, and I was brought on to uh, to host, and I jokingly call I'm the talent. I don't I don't deal with any of that, but no. So that's that's how we're making that work. The the making that 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 currency that we have. So our time and labor are put to getting the best return. So, you know, you're only going to have so much resources, and that includes your time. And well, trying to do too much as one person, you're just, it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And the, the lessons learned from that, because uh, I, I guest started on that uh, one time with, uh, with Mark Reed, who's not here, um, it is a completely different medium than, than podcasting uh, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Because it is live, and you know how many takes you get when you do something live? You want. Um, and so I swear, yeah, I mean, I swear like a sailor, and I uh, and I stutter, and I do all that kind of stuff, uh, like I just did. Uh, and so um, it really boils down to um, just understanding the strengths and the weaknesses of where you're at, preparing yourself a little differently, because like uh, Mario mentioned before, Audacity is an editing program. And I can edit out all of my various, um, well, all of it, um, and so all that kind of stuff, and make myself sound really good, uh, well, as good as I can. Uh, not so much with Twitch, but there's also it's a more interactive medium because you can sit there in the chat window. And people are asking you questions, and the, the advantage, the advantage there that you have is providing a live content, right? That's gonna, that's gonna be a format that you will have to seriously do. Like, you, there's no way to practice for it You're unless all you do it. Yeah, but the audience knows it's live. So, it, it, it may sound weird, but you get a lot more leeway. Like, yeah, because they, they know you're live, really versus something where they go, well, they could have edited this more. So sometimes you have that barrier where, like, they're like, well, they could have produced this better, they just, like, chose not to. Nothing can beat that authenticity, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the reason I'm curious, this is the reason I was asking you guys about this, is because I can imagine, let's say, for example, demoing a game over Twitch or over Google Hangouts on air, it would be really different from, let's say, uh, watching a YouTube video. Um, you know, because, you know, I can imagine... Somebody running a DB game, for example, over Twitch. You know, from what I understand, there are yeah, people who do yeah. that, and yeah. I, I would imagine that would be great. Or imagine 
Tarasi, for example, with Seven Kingdoms doing the Periscope thing, where like you have an NPC guy following a Periscope and following the party as they adventure. I think that would be an amazing experience. You know, and to, to go ahead and have that on a schedule and to provide that to people who would buy your role playing products and provide them with a live experience. Imagine for your branding. In marketing, a huge uh, buzzword right now is storytelling. And that's especially <laughs> important when you're talking to creative people who want to market something because you're already fantastic at telling a story, so you can, you know, use that. They want to know your story as in they want to know, like, what's the story behind your brand? How did you come up with this idea? Yes. That stuff is so important right now, even to, like, really huge brands because people are just being thrown advertising all the time. They'll they'll be more willing to buy, more willing to spend money if they know who you are and you know why you've done this. And if anybody knows narrative, storytelling, and brand marketing, it's us. But you had a question, sir. Thank you for waiting. Well, I have a question. It's for Twitch. You can actually link it to your YouTube account. So yeah. after you upload yeah. it on Twitch, you can save it to a Twitch and then you can upload it straight to your YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think some people will go back and produce. I'm sorry. Some people will go back and produce their live feeds when they put them on the YouTube too. So you kind of get the best of yeah, both. Yeah, because they're private until you yeah. want to Actually, Google has a new service that's competing with Twitch. Yes, yes, that Google Games, I think it's It's called. kind of better because you see the comments even after, like on Twitch, you only see the video. You don't see any of the comment feed, so it's kind of nice. Um, What's it called? You can. The chat yeah. 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 yeah, I don't know too much about it. I know that it's out. But not, not, in anything post, out not post-lock. So if it's kicked to YouTube, you do not see any of the Twitch interface. No, you do with this new service. Right, with that with Twitch, you have to be watching it live now, and then you see all the chat. Yeah, you so that's right. right. So when you're, like, you're now, playing a game, for instance, you can have the chat on there. So when you're saving what you're doing, mm, that is the chat scrolling. Now, so I, I, I don't, I'm not running the, the Twitch. It's this a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot <laughs> Yeah, now another interesting thing, and this is something is uh, in regards to the list. Now, first of all, I went ahead and handed around my phone. Were people able to go ahead and open up that PDF document? Beautiful. Um, so another thing that is, I think, really important that's hardly ever talked about um, is PR. Now, I'm sure I'm not going to go into any of the issues specifically with the position because I can't because I'm a professional. Uh, but I'm sure that you guys know all about Gamergate. I'm sure that you know all about the latest, you know, the, the whole thing that happened recently in DTRPG, which I will not directly refer to. I'm sure that you know all about all other types of scandals. Um, I would urge everybody who starts to develop a brand that you read up on the basics of traditional public relations. The reason why this is is because once you get out there and if you are actually thinking about establishing an actual career that you need to be very carefully aware of your personal brand. For the most part, it won't be a problem, especially if you're producing a product that isn't super-duper controversial. But um, I'm not going to name any names, but I've seen RPG professionals who will go ahead and get into arguments with fans over Twitter and over social media accounts. Um, and, you know, it's one thing if, let's say, you're just like a writer or something like this, but you're engaged... Like, if, let's say, for example... You know, you're the president of like your small own small company, and you get into like a big raging argument uh, with somebody, or you get accused of something. There are certain situations where you know where it could actually be libelous, and we think like, oh, we're just an RPGs, we're like so small, we I can't afford a lawyer, I can't afford this, I can't afford that. Um, just uh, what's the thing is is that the rules are changed. It's not like it used to be back in the days of like when things were just simply in print. I, I would, you know, just simply, even just simply to go ahead and understand and control your brand and understand and control public relations. There's a lot that traditional public relations and, underst- and understanding the people who are invested in your product um, can teach you. Um, you know, because I've seen, I've seen professionals, high-ranked professionals, people who are heads of companies, go ahead and engage in social media with the immediate feedback that social media gets, enraging big arguments, and the the social, the actual. The public relations advertising professional in me is like going. There are some situations where you need to be quiet and refer to a professional. Most of the time, those are crisis situations. Most of the times, you won't need to worry about that. But if you're actually owning a business where you're at the point where you actually have an LLC, uh, even if it's a small one, you should at least read some basic stuff on traditional PR. Yeah, I think we can't hide behind the size of our industry anymore. I mean, there, yeah. I, I, I am very <laughs> mindful of my professional image um, on my all of my social media. So I don't engage in controversies. I don't argue with people because 
want to, you know, ultimately, that's not what my social media presence is about. Um, you know, it's about I have this brand, I'm trying to sell sell product, and so even if I don't necessarily think that I'm going to get involved in a PR crisis, I certainly know that I could say the wrong thing to the wrong person. Um, and people's memories may be short, but the internet's uh, Google remembers there. everything. Next by Google. If you do get into any kind of like confrontational mind, like choose your battles. I mean, yep. part of what I do, you know, at the Geek Initiative, there's a bit of advocacy involved there, you know, and. So sometimes if people are just like trashing an article on my site, I'm not going to get into a long argument. Yeah. But you know, I feel like sometimes I need to make a and, statement. And there's also, and, and, and on the other hand, there's sometimes like you know when we we talk about stuff, there's sometimes that I've I've advised Tara. You know, it's like Tara, you should pass on that story. You know, and it's not because you know, and and it's because simply there are certain there are certain hills that you cannot die on. And and I'm not saying that you should not be passionate about your beliefs and such, but there are. Uh, a PR professional who I respect very much actually said to me that the essence of good public relations is the truth well told, and there is a way to tell the truth in a way that goes ahead and puts you was that presents your case in the best way. So, like I said, there are there are a couple ebooks out there, um, and, and there's some good blogs and articles about traditional PR as opposed to like social media. Um, so I advise you to look them up. Uh, also, about the resources list that I gave to you, most of them will go ahead and ask you for an email address. Um, you don't have to give them. We're not trying to get any sort of leads out of you guys or anything. So if you go ahead and make up like, a, you know, go to Google, make up like a throwaway email address, that's absolutely fine. You know, like for example, HubSpot will try to go ahead and track you and like maybe give you a sales call. Give them a fake email address. Um, you know, like if you download an article. Well, I was going to say, uh, when you start talking about... Uh uh, PR, I have a couple things, and I also have a question. So many pe- people here are looking at making podcasts, or are you looking at using podcasts? So someone else's podcast <coughs> help you with your your work. It's a great question. So how many people are wanting to start podcasting? Like that's kind of what you're looking at. Now many are looking at using existing podcasts. Okay, so. Um, to tie in with that, so so I know I'm not talking about stuff that's useless, you guys. So, um, but for both, uh, and this is kind of kind of what I was saying earlier, and it ties into PR and being very aware of the persona that you present online. That is your product. So, as a creator-owned industry, you are your game, and your game is you. Like how you operate and how you interact with. Your, you know, the potential customers with podcasters with the internet is going to help drive interest in your game and things about our hobby that are great like people will go to their neighborhood game store they will buy games from you at cons and pay more money to buy it from you so it's very important that you're aware of that, that synergistic relationship so when you're on a podcast, you know, like that that is part of the deal. And they're they're there to help you too. So, you know, like that's 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 our deal as well. Like we want to look good and we want you to look good because we are gonna drive traffic to you, but you're gonna drive traffic to us. Yes. Like and I can tell you, because uh, I did uh, the Game Master show and it's a few years removed now for those who don't know what it is. We've got a circuit of podcasts that we do, and a big part of that is that we would take a new RPG and we would play it. And it was, you know, early on in the indie creator-owned RPG life cycle, and we would uh, play it for a story arc. And I, one, I was amazed people would even listen to that at that time because it was like not very popular, pretty new. And you know, the 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 whole thing was this is live. You know, we're recording it. All we're doing is like fixing sound so you can understand it, but there's no edit. Every game that we had on our show, so we would do the actual play, and they would give that audio to the game designer or writer or someone involved with the game to listen to, and then we would have them on and discuss the game and what we did with the game. Every game we had on the show, I was told from the set designers that they saw a sales increase around the, the podcast release. Everyone. And we were a super niche podcast and a very niche podcasting arena to begin with. So, like... It does have an effect, it is what I'm getting at. So, like, being aware of how you interact with these, you know, medias is very important. Do you guys have more things to add, or do you want to move on to questions? 
Yeah, there's one thing um, that I think we've talked about that if I was sitting out there would scare me to hear it. We keep talking about be established, have your resume, have a website up, be a gamer, you know, have a game that will draw people back to the podcast. And when I started, I mean, I, just, I was terrified to go approach podcasts and websites so much so that I started my own podcast just because I didn't think that anyone would care enough about what I had to say. <laughs> um, well, and, yeah, that's a great point. Right, yeah, and, yeah. and it, it's not its not necessarily the truth. Now, it's not necessarily the case, I guess. Um, you know, just like if you've never published anything, don't necessarily pitch Watsi the first time or expect a 100% um, you know, $5 million advance on your, your idea. Um, don't be afraid to go after any market that you want to be in. It may take some time. It may take some additional pitching. But um, they, they, if you've got something to say, you will be of value to them in the end. So don't ever start from a place of uh, shame or thinking that you're, you don't have a voice. or Knowing yourself value. is a really huge part of that. I've, Absolutely. I've been female since I was born. Okay, I've identified that way really? my entire life. And really? I've been a writer since I was like six years old. Okay, so, but I was, I, that. I was 24 before I called myself a writer and I was 30 years old before I called myself a feminist. Like, I, these are kind of no-brainer things. Oh so, if you don't you know, put that out there. Hey, I'm a real I'm a feminist. People aren't going to recognize you that way. People, you, know, you label yourself and take control of how others see you. You know, Absolutely. it's got to come to you. You're a game designer. You know, you're a game writer. You've done the art for a game. Like, label yourself that you way. You are all game designers. I hereby proclaim it. Now, there is also one thing I'd like to go ahead and bring up. Um, this is I'm going to be getting into a little tiny bit of marketing speak. If you don't understand what I'm about to say, just cut me off and ask me to go ahead and explain the term. But I think there, I, I, I don't think there will be a problem. Uh, there's something that we call, and I'm going to go ahead and, and, and compare it to adventure gaming. It's something that we call buyer personas and the buyer's journey. Uh, I think it's really important, and I think it's going to play a role in your actual product or game design to know who you're going ahead and creating this for. Because usually people, at least in my experience as a writer, and I've been involved in literary SF fandom for years. I've gone to thing, you know, I've been on staff at places like Lunacon uh, for for years, and I've noticed that like writers, when they go ahead and like write SF short stories and fantasy and stuff like this, they write about things that are important to them. And um, it, it, it seems in fantasy and SF role playing games and, tab- and 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 tabletop board games stuff like this, people go ahead and create products that are you know basically the same. They, it's about themes that are important to them. So one of the things that we do in inbound marketing that we that I help do for my clients at my job is that we go ahead and we create buyer personas. We go and we use some tools to go out into the market and we find out um, we try to find out as much as we can about the people who will potentially buy our products. Um, you know, so for example, let's say I'm designing a new role playing game. Uh, there's actually a, there's actually a product that I'm designing that's um, that's a, a shoujo manga espers versus ninjas, uh, and uh, and so I'm so one of the things because I work for an agency and I'm a HubSpot certified inbound marketer. One of the things I was thinking about is that okay, who's going to buy this thing? Um, probably both male and female gamers between the ages of 25 and 45. Uh, probably with disposable income between uh, <coughs> was it between you know was it between let's say. 40, 40 and seventy thousand dollars. I don't like. I mean, I know there are, are super duper wealthy gamers out there, like Robin Williams was one of them. But you know, I, our hobby tends to usually appeal. And you can ask when you're playtesting. You have somebody yes. who's enthusiastic about your game, especially if you like. Yes. What you What do you do? Tell me about your life. You know, what yeah. do you do for a living? You have kids, whatever. No. No. Uh, it's important to know that to develop your buyer for some. Yeah. Research. Yeah. Now the thing is that you don't have to have all these yeah. answers. You don't have to have all these answers when you go ahead and you start developing, like, you know, the bare bones of, like, your marketing program. And your marketing pro, like, I know I'm using some big words here, but, like, you don't have to go ahead and, like, go charts and pie, you know, pie things and Excel spreadsheets and stuff like this. No, you don't have to go ahead and do all that. It's just have some, you know, have some ideas of who you're going to go ahead and, and, and sell this to. Because when sometimes I, I go ahead and I talk to friends of mine in, in the hobby who, who are designers and I say, well, who are you, who are you um, going ahead and designing this for? Um, and bringing it back to podcasts, I think it's important that when you're going ahead and creating your podcast and you're creating your content, that you know who you're making it for. 
you know. Um, and yeah. evolving that understanding over time. Yes, because you're going to get feedback. Right, and that's what surprised us so much, especially with the podcast I did. You know, we thought we would be, you know, very narrow-focused, have a very small audience. And what we found was people who we never dreamed were listening to us were listening to us. So don't be afraid to ask in a very non-pushy way, who are you? Tell me more about yourself. Tell me what you want to hear. And then you can start to evolve your understanding of your market over time. Yeah, and what will happen is that as um, in, in that tools list, I've included things like Google Analytics and Sumall and like all these funky sounding tools. But what will happen is that as you learn how to use the tools, you'll be getting information on like demographics of people who like are you know who are coming to your website and who are consuming your content, like who are actually listening to your podcast. That will influence your game design and make it a better game and a better product and make it more fun for you. Yeah, some and there are just small things you can do if you're looking to expand the audience of who might purchase your game. Um, I get approached fairly frequently by you know male writers and designers that are like, you know, I think women would like this product, but they're not. I'm not reaching them. Help me. What do I do? And I look over their product and I'm like, even if it's not you know like focused on women, like I'll take it. Like let's review it. Let's check it out. Let's play it. You know. That's that's totally fine to do. If you want to reach a new audience, you know, you can go out there and, and ask for that press coverage. That's completely fine. Yes. Um, do we I, want to do other questions? Because I think we have only... Yeah, well, I was about to go ahead and talk about, like, um, uh, influencer marketing. But, yeah, let's go ahead and talk questions. Who here has questions? You were talking about, um, like, setting up, like, who you're planning on marketing to. Mm-hmm. Now, in previous... Uh, Panels we talked about, we were talking about setting up your plan, like yeah. setting up your budgeting. Yeah. Do you also like think a little bit in the marketing while you're setting up your budgeting. Okay. Well, like how many? Like okay, I think I might be able to reach this many people with this product. Okay. Well, the thing is, is that you're really starting to get into the weeds there because okay. when you're talking about budgeting, first of all, I don't know how much money you have. And um, there's a quote, um, and it's been used for like a bunch of industries. But like, you know, what, what's the what's the best way to make a small fortune in role playing games? Like, start with a big fortune. Um, I, I <laughs> you know, it's, what is it? especially in marketing, there's a lot of ways to go ahead and pour your money down the drain. You know, I'm, I'm, I can start going into like SEO, paid media, content creation, such like this. My 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 personal opinion, if I were to go ahead and decide, like, I really had to go ahead and write a role-playing game. First of all, it's very easy to establish a WordPress website and go ahead and get hosting through, like, GoDaddy or, you know, anything like that. Um, and um, these gentlemen can probably answer specific questions of what you need in regards to setting up the infrastructure to uh, create a podcast and, and such, I guess, do the scripting and create, the, you know, the production schedule. Um, go ahead and make a plan for that um, and then start producing content. Um uh, I would what the what the dollars and cents are. Um, I can't answer specifically that question because I don't know what type of product you're creating. I don't know how you was it how you want to promote it. What what channels? What genre? Uh, because let's say for example, Vampire the Masquerade is an entirely different product from you know even for tabletop role playing and appeals to a different demographic than let's say for example, um, uh, like say Traveler. You know, horror was it. Urban urban romance fantasy horror versus let's say you know kind of like space truckers, so um, that would uh, if let's say you called me in and like say hey, Chris I need some freelance consulting on marketing I would need to sit down with you and, and scope out a plan. I mean I think the I think the short answer is yeah you're going to have to account for that somewhere in your budget. Um, they're going to throw stuff at me because there are many ways to do marketing for free. Um, but they they don't cost dollars. They cost sweat equity. You know, yeah. Yes. And, all yes. that kind of and if you're creative, you've already got you know a resource, and that's yourself. Right. So if you have the time, yeah. you can or get friends, a lot of that done on your team. Money. And so you have to make the decision. At what point does it make sense to bring somebody like these two in? Because you're yeah. spending so much time doing it. I have a lot of professional author friends who lament the amount of time they spend writing. Social media words, as opposed to writing real words. Yep, and it might be, and it might overall be less expensive to have people like us do it because we can do it more efficiently. We can scale it as opposed to, because we have the expertise, as opposed to let's say you, who yeah. it's like I don't know how to write social media copy. <laughs> you had a question. Uh, I kind of a, a words of encouragement for anyone here who wants to podcast. And that is, um, can can we embarrass you, Jeff? Just you want to come up? Uh, well, just... Um, Sons of Crows, come for I, 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 I podcasted a long time ago, and, and I, I, I really loved it. 
and I just want to offer encouragement is just to do it. You don't have to. Um, you've got hundreds of episodes like up on that panel, and and you don't have to aim for that. Um, do do a three part mini series, twenty minutes, ten minutes a piece, and say that in the beginning. Be like, this is going to be me and my friends after the game talking excitedly for ten minutes. Yes, and record it and edit it <laughs> and, and put awesome. it out. See yeah. if you like it. You might not like it before you go buy a four hundred dollar mic. Just yeah. play a little bit. Play on the cheap. Put it out there. See if you like it, and then <laughs> then go then start then start you know and going crazy with the mics and, and, and all that. And you will be editing. surprised who listens. Yeah, like, yes, it will the Google long tail. Do something with a do something small with a you know a limited scope where it's going to have a beginning and an ending. Do it. See how you have, get a finished product out there where you're like we get our three part miniseries where we geeked out for 20 minutes uh, after every game and then. Uh, Think about mics and, and PR and, and and all this like really complicated yeah, stuff. And I think an easy step yeah. is that <laughs> as a game designer, right? I, I, and, and there's certain podcasts that do certain things, so not every podcast will be what you want to contact. But I, I, from knowing many podcasters and doing several myself and being on others as well, I will guarantee you if you are nice and cordial and like, hey, I have this thing that might be cool for your listeners. They will at least go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm interested to find out more. And for something quick, interview, something like that, most that's going to be free advertising at most would cost you something like running a game or possibly having some sort of game material that you can give to the podcast. And, and pizza. Um, yeah, and my advice for game designers is... Before a thousand years, before you start thinking about marketing and, and getting onto shows and like, just make sure the game is tight. Like, be <laughs> yeah. worrying about the game. Um, when when it comes time to get on shows, like, really, what you're gonna have to do is is be excited about this beautiful thing you've created. Nothing that's really that's really what the content is about. It's like, wow, you're, you're excited about this thing. Crowdfunding, approach the podcast at the beginning of your crowdfunding. I can't handle when people come to me and say, hey, my, I'm in the last week of my crowdfunding. It's like, because I have a full-time job and a website to run, and I go in you know, covering Comic-Con this weekend. Sorry. Try it at the beginning. Yeah, you want to do a final you know, press push at the end. But, but make sure you plan in time when you're crowdfunding to, to go out there right in that first week. There's a very important rule. Oh, I'm sorry, you had one. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I'm always wondering how many other people are actually listening to this. Like, I mean, like, what, what's your Hundreds, like thousands, tens? Um, there's a golden rule. In, there's a golden rule in in marketing. Test it. We call mm-hmm. the A/B test. Just seriously, put something out there and like, see. What how do you guys consider a lot? I guess. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's that's an excellent question. Um, I just got some numbers from uh, um, uh, One Shot, and they are in, I believe they said three, 3,000. Now that's for their network, so I don't know how that breaks down per show, but maybe that's per show. Um, I can tell, now, and I'm, I'm, to be fair, kind of one of the, the old, and Jeff as well, and, and Chris, uh, older podcast, so uh, the, the game has changed a little bit, and they're... I think a little more popular, a little more commonplace than they used to be. But when we did ours, we hit uh, 1,500, um, which we thought was exceptional because we would have shows, uh, individual like downloads of an episode, unique, unique downloads. So our downloads would be higher, but you know we're looking at just make sure downloads. it goes up over time. I mean, I started out with like. Ten listeners, and I was like, "So that's my mom and my husband, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my coworker." Um, you know, but but seeing it go from ten to thirty to eighty, and we're at episode six now, and you know, two of my friends just recorded that episode, and you know, now we're up to like oh three or four hundred. So, and that's just over six episodes. So, just seeing that it's going up is, is kind of sometimes that's all you need to keep going. And then there you'll get people that join later and then they you know they listen they to the older yeah. stuff so it's it can get a little like I, I was not the number tracker guy as, a, as it's evident but um, for what we did that was a incredibly successful it allowed us to get advertising on our site that paid our bills and I actually can say that I have like broken even in all my years of podcasting which in the group that I came up in 
was pretty rare. Like that was like a big success story that like I broke even and made a little bit of money. Like and, and can, oh sorry, no, no, no just can, as a hobby. It was yeah. not my profession. You know. I was gonna say conversely, I remember the day we had a hundred uh, downloads from one of our episodes, and I call out my co-host, <coughs> like you know, jumping up and down and excited on the phone, and I still consider that to be one of the most successful creative endeavors of my life, and and we went on to do more than that, but. Yeah, hundred. That's huge. Yeah, a small one. Are there differences in the frequency and the length of your podcast? And do you know yes. oh, what yeah. the what the uh, the average follower? How often they tune they want a car they want a car commute basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. usually like twenty five to forty five minutes is a lot of people look are looking for. They want to listen to it on the car. They want to download it and listen to it on the train. Um, a big, huge, important thing about producing a podcast or any type of content, really, is be consistent. It's better to produce two podcasts a month than it is to, pr- to say you're going to produce it weekly and then skip you know, a few yeah. times. Um, definitely just be consistent. It's better to blog once a week and do a really good job and produce a really solid piece of content than it is to try to do it every day and just produce fluff. You know, there I was just say that's big because this will become a grind. Vlogging will become a grind. Podcasting will become a grind at some points, right? There will be some days when you just cannot bear to talk about something that you thought you were going to be passionate about. But keeping that cadence up is, is really important. There is also something um, uh, I think it was. It's very heavily implied, but I, I, as a content marketer, I think it's something very important. Um, you know, there, uh, when I go ahead and I create content marketing programs for my clients, I follow the 90-10 rule. 90% of the your content must be useful content. 10% of it must be promotional. I know you want to go ahead and sell your games. And you may think that, like, oh, they're talking about my game here that they should buy is useful content. No, it's not. Um, it's, an, it, it's an advertisement. Uh, there will be a time and a place for you to go ahead and promote your game or promote your Kickstarter. But um, there. But the, most of the time, when people go ahead and download that podcast, they want they want to hear about something that has absolutely nothing to do with that, and that's entertaining content that will assist them in running their games, or uh, that will bring value to their campaign, or whatever it is the subject that you initially set out. Um, I, I I recommend that it be something that you be passionate about too, and and be something that's honest and cool and generous. Um, being generous is actually the biggest piece of marketing advice that I got from a fellow, a, was it a fellow marketer of mine? She said, give away freely. You know, be generous. That's because what's happened is that in the past 50 years of TV advertising, we've been conditioned to distrust anything that's promotional. So the only way to win back that trust is to give away stuff for free and give it away sincerely and generously. That said, a call to action is really important, and that yes. term basically means usually at the end of the content that you're producing or when you're a podcast host or guest, you want it to give people something to do. So mm-hmm. sign up for the newsletter. Check out the website. Ask and for the exactly. sale. Like I, I'm not saying it no, always in that term, but yeah. like if you never ask for it, you like it's always no. Sale. You're 100 right. And if you're guest blogging, it's only you're on. Guessing. If you're guest, you know, guesting on a uh, on a podcast, and they don't, and like the host doesn't say, go buy the game here. Do it. You know, like before you close, yeah. do it. And if you are a guest blogger and you have, uh, they ask you to send a bio, even if they don't, you should send one anyway. About little biography. Ask for that hard link. And you need to, you know, be a little promotional on that bio. Yeah. That's okay. You the ten percent is the ten percent is okay. You, you can buy the game here. Yeah, and if you're if you're uh, uh, being interviewed or you're doing a guest spot on a podcast, that ninety ten percent rule has nothing to do with you. The ninety percent is on the podcast to come yes. up with. That is, yes. you're, well, that's really if they're nice. interviewing you, you are the ten percent. Yes, like of their show. So, like, don't you worry about like having to come up with this song and dance. That's not what the interviews are about. Now, now the thing is, your sale can also be come over to my blog and sign up for my newsletter or download yeah. my podcast, oh, you know, and such yeah. like that. You know, if like uh, it might be a little too rude to say, well, go ahead and buy my was it buy was it buy my game about dancing rats, but. You know, you can occasionally say that. I mean, you got to go ahead and work that out with whoever your host is. Any other questions? Yeah. Yes. Real quick, you were saying before about um, you being like the talent guy and then some yeah. other guy <laughs> being the sound guy. Like, if you're going in there and you're trying to start a, uh, like a podcast, 
what would be like the group you're taking in with you? Like, what do you feel you need a guy for each? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, you're you're going. What you will need to have happen is you will need some sort of equipment to record a poem. Okay, so you have to have someone or someone people that are willing to do the talking. That will, you know, as a podcast, will provide that that content for you. Then uh, you need to have it edited somewhat. That level of editing will will vary based on time, based on money, based on you know who you have available, and then you have to be able to present your your podcast as well. So someone who can help you or some manner to help you create a web presence and get that information posted in your RSS feed built. And it really helps if one of those roles or somebody you know is a big sound equipment nerd because I don't know any of that stuff. I just went and bought what people told me to buy and I sounded amazing because they, they told me what to do. Yeah, and there's, there's like, you can, you know, you can do it with, like, the mic that's built into your laptop if you really want to. I mean, you can't, and quite honestly, laptops now where that stuff has gotten way better than it used to be. Although, I did all my recording on a $35 Logitech USB headset, and I sounded better than the couple episodes I did on, like, a $100 professional stand mic, you know, I just yeah. well, I learned how far to keep it away from my face. That's what and I used to is yeah. the headset. I mean, my budget isn't huge for that, and the headset works. Yep. I just one minute left. Oh. Okay. I was going to say, okay. that, that, that's kind of the components. And okay, one more question maybe? Okay. Um, yeah, if you can clap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, come on, get our business cards. Yes.